Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Your clients can discover Tahiti like never before with Windstar Cruises. With over 35 years of expertise exploring Tahiti, Windstar now welcomes the award-winning all-sweet Star Breeze to Papeiti for even more unparalleled experiences year-round. Windstar in Tahiti visits up to nine islands, has onboard enrichment and programs with a Polynesian culture ambassador, and the most frequent departures of any cruise line. New in 2024 are voyages to remote Marquesas Islands, swimming with manta rays, and your clients can even plant their own coral and help to restore the ocean. This is Tahiti Redefined. Contact Windstar today at 844-625-0198 or visit windstarcruises.com. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, February 13th. Happy Travel Tuesday and happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. If you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, February 14th, Subscribe to the podcast, then you'll get notified when new episodes drop every week. So I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast or leave a review wherever you listen. That would mean the world to me. You can also contact me at podcast at travelpulse.com or call into our hotline of the show. 201-381-3017 is the Travel Pulse podcast number. We got a great show for you today. We'll be talking big travel news as always and diving into some romance travel too. So Hope you've got some travel plans coming up this weekend as well as it is President's Day on Monday, February 19th. So maybe uh, you can get a little nice weekend getaway going on. I certainly love those. But now joining me on the podcast is Alyssa Dial of Love and Away Travel. Welcome to the show, Alyssa. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. I have been in this industry for about eight years now. I am based out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, but I book nationwide. My focus is mostly on romance travel, so mostly destination weddings and honeymoons or romantic escapes. Which is perfect for today, as we are going to be chatting about romance travel chins later on in the show, because tomorrow is Valentine's Day, very topical for this time. Love is in the air for sure, and we all love travel, but before we get into the romance travel trends, we are going to dive into what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week, as we do for every show, if you've never listened before. So, Alyssa, let's dive right into what's been trending. We go to the destination news, and Jamaica has been pushing back on the U.S. travel advisory. So it's about a, a couple weeks ago now, I guess, that uh, U.S. updated a, a U.S. State Department updated their travel advisory on Jamaica, remained a level three, but they updated some stuff about crime-related, and then a lot of the national media ran with it, and, you know, a lot of people were cause for concern. Some people were, you know, I don't want to go to Jamaica. I'll look elsewhere. I saw tons of travel advisor posts of having to deal with this and everything. So we reached out to Jamaica's minister of tourism and he discussed the travel advisory with us, different infrastructure improvements and a lot of other updates going on in Jamaica. So definitely recommend you check out that full Q&A up on Travel Pulse. But just to pluck out a quote from him, um, he said that the level three advisory for Jamaica is not new and has been in effect since early 2022. Since that time, Jamaica has welcomed millions of visitors and continues to be one of the most popular destinations in the world. It's also important to note that there are very distinctly defined areas within Jamaica that the U.S. Travel Advisory cites as having risk for crime. The majority of the island's tourism product remains unaffected. Jamaica remains committed to providing a safe and welcoming environment for visitors and locals alike. In fact, Jamaica experienced its lowest crime rate in 22 years, with serious crimes decreasing 11% as compared to the previous year. End quote. And then Jamaica's U.S. Uh, the ambassador to the United States, Audrey Marks, she is calling on the State Department to actually retract the revision made in the recent advisory and issued uh, for the Jamaica and denouncing it, saying that the advisory's depiction of elevated crime and inadequate health care is inaccurate. So she came out pretty, stonk, uh, pretty strong in that. And 
you know, Jamaica just continuing to push back on this. So Alyssa, your thoughts uh, on this Jamaica's pushback here and really just travel advisories in general and how you deal with that as a travel advisor. Sure. So I have had quite a few people reach out to me within the last couple of weeks, and I frequently hear I don't want to consider Jamaica because of the recent news. And a lot of the time, it's just because they're seeing these headlines jump out at them. And unfortunately, they aren't diving deeper into the details. So one of the really nice things about working with a travel agent is we are, you know, expected and we keep on top of these advisories and look into those details. And this is frequently happen- happening with many destinations. Uh, there seems to be a trend where it goes between some of the Caribbean islands and Mexico every couple of months. Um, I do recall back to the time where there was a warning to Jamaica a couple of years ago. And unfortunately, how it kind of got misconstrued was that it was a bad thing for tourists because it was affecting the Montego Bay area. But really what was happening is the country was trying to take care of fraudulent activity. And unfortunately, the area that they were dealing with just touched a little peak corner of Montego Bay. And because it did, they had to um, put into the articles and announcements that it related to Montego Bay, even though it didn't, again, affect tourist activities. And ultimately, it was actually a good thing that they were taking on the crime that was happening in that area. Um, And I did have some groups go around that time, and I asked them when they returned if they felt unsafe, and they did not. Anyone who did have a little bit more concern just recommended staying on, on site, on property, so they felt more comfortable. What I do have to say about this specific headline that kind of has come to the forefront of the public is this isn't anything new. Um, You can't guarantee safety anywhere, even if you're back at home. So I always recommend keeping aware of your surroundings, keep your head on a swivel, just like you would back at home. Uh, I do have to applaud Ambassador Marks because she did really jump to action on this one. And I feel like she's taken the opportunity to create, for example, an open door policy for those who do have concerns. So she's allowing people to ask questions, including tourists, and she's facing them straight on. So I do have to commend her and applaud her on that. Definitely so. Yeah, ultimately, it's really everyone's personal decision as to where they want to travel and where they feel feel comfortable traveling to. Um, What I say to my clients is I would never send you to a destination I wouldn't go to myself. I traveled to Jamaica last year with a large destination wedding group and didn't have any concerns. And I'm actually returning next month as well. So I'm excited to experience a destination. Yeah, I was just in Jamaica last year. I love the country. It's it is safe. Yes, the tourist zones are are fine. You know, the Jamaica, the Minister of Tourism outlined that in his quote to us as well. And it's it's one of those things, as you you just said, you know, safety is not guaranteed anywhere. Anything can happen. I could go to the grocery store right now and who knows what would happen, right? That's that's exactly. the bottom line of life. So you can't let it hold you back. And, and the fear of that, you know, so facts over fear is was, you know, is a big one. So with this, Absolutely. and as I said it a couple of weeks ago in, in the podcast about, you know, the safest uh, destinations and the riskiest travel destinations. We had a global, you know, expert on uh, about all this and safety. It's just be smart, you know, don't do anything you wouldn't do at home and just, yeah, make sure you're booking with a travel advisor, make sure you have travel insurance, you know, sign up for, you know, the state department's thing so you can have access with that with the the embassy if something does happen while you're there. But yeah, with Jamaica and this, you're going to go to the tourist zones. A lot of people are going to go, you know, to the all-inclusive resorts. A lot of people that are like cautious and weary about this type of these type of headlines from you know the the mainstream outlets is they're, they're kind of the people that 
aren't actually going to leave the property at all at an all-inclusive resort. Correct. It's, yeah. That is a, if they're not well-traveled um, in the past, it's likely that they're going to want to stay put anyways. And unfortunately, everybody's guards seem to be down when they're in destination. So that can be a cause of concern sometimes. So that's why you just want to make sure you're, you know, making sure that you're making proper decisions for you and your family while you're there as well. Absolutely, yes. And don't uh, dive into the fear of all the, the major headlines from the outlets because this thing happens just before spring break every year and it seems it's a different destination. So last year was Mexico, yeah. year before that was the DR. So it next year could be Bahamas. Who knows? Like again, that was it happens, but you just got to make sure that you are traveling smart and always use the travel advisor to my consumer listeners out there and my travel advisor listeners out there know the game with these travel advisories for sure. So Absolutely. Moving along to cruise news. The big one last week is the cruise lines, private islands in the Bahamas are going to be losing their tax-free status. The nine-year tax-free status they had enjoyed uh, on the private islands coming to an end. Slated uh, these changes are to take effect on March 1st, and they're aimed at leveling the playing field. So the tax treatment for goods and services provided by uh, to the millions of tourists who visit these private islands in the Bahamas, um, they are going to change. And moving forward, transactions on the island will be taxed the standard local rate of 10%. So good for the Bahamas on this, in my opinion. Alyssa, your thoughts on uh, these cruise line private islands, the tax-free status here, and really just private islands in general. Yeah, I agree. I always feel like it's important that when you go visit a destination that you're giving back to that destination, that it's it's benefiting the locals. So I think it's great. Uh, I think it's great for the cruise lines and the destination to be having these discussions. I think it's always great to renegotiate as is once it comes to a long time span. Um, But when I visited the Bahamas last, my cruise line obviously pushes for their excursions and renting cabanas and all of that. And I wish I would have known that these taxes weren't being paid to the locals because I probably would have reached out directly to a DMC that would be local to that destination. So I could ensure that it was, uh, it was a great product. It was a great time. Um, but I like, like I said, I do think it's important that your funds are going back to benefit the locals because you want to give back to that destination that is giving you those memories and, you know, helping you explore that, that place. 100% agree. So in other cruise news, we look to Carnival, and they just named the godmother of the Carnival Jubilee, and it is none other than global superstar Gwen Stefani. So Alyssa, we've got another celebrity godmother here for cruise ships. There's a lot of them out there. So what do you think about this, and uh, who do you think should be next? Which celebrity? Well, I think the ultimate get would obviously be Taylor Swift uh, making headlines everywhere, but I think she may be a little bit too busy (laughs) at the time. Or cautious, Um, yeah. You know who I thought would be a great one that I don't believe has been approached before would be Dolly Parton. I think she's a gem of a a woman uh, who really speaks to different generations as well. Um, But I thought it would also be fun to, I know that Pitbull um, was a godfather in the past, but I think another celebrity that may speak well to all generations would be Ryan Reynolds. He may be busy. I think he just finished with Deadpool, but who doesn't love Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, that's actually a great idea that I had not thought of. Honestly, honestly, I was thinking mostly uh, female celebrities here and obviously Taylor Swift pops up first. Uh, I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, so I I would welcome that. I mean, yeah, um, Royal Caribbean just had 
uh, Lionel Messi as the the icon. They didn't okay, really call fantastic. him the Godfather. They called him the icon of the icon of the seas, and that was a really okay. cool naming ceremony. So yeah, maybe maybe Disney does that with you know makes it uh, Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, but uh, I, probably not. But um, uh, Taylor Swift, <laughs> I think yes, that might be some wishful thinking together right. with Taylor Swift. <laughs> right? Yeah, Taylor Swift would be a huge get. She might be a little cautious because she's getting a lot of the stories and uh, negative press about her private jet flying. So I don't know if she jumped in, uh, <laughs> that is in the cruise sector of things uh, on that. She's probably fine. Doesn't really need the the pub on that. But I'm honestly a little surprised you didn't go with uh, Britney Spears. That would be a huge <laughs> one for some of the think- luxury cruise lines, perhaps. I think Brittany is trying to stay out of the limelight a little bit since her her uh, memoir and her back and forth with Justin Timberlake. So Touché, I have a feeling yeah. we're not going to see her for a while. Stay out. You but never hopefully know. that'll be on her own terms if she does decide to do that. Yeah. So it's always interesting to see, you know, the different names that pop up along me. So a podcast at travelpulse.com. That's our email here. Reach out. Let me know who you think should be the next celebrity godmother of any of these uh, cruise lines out there because there's a ton of them out there. There's a ton of ships. There's a lot of new ships coming along too that are yet to be um, announced and named uh, for this year and and beyond as well. So we'll see the celebrity status of of that because a year and a half ago or whatever, you had Katy Perry. So there's always, you know, pop stars are going to be, movie stars are going to be big gets for sure. But I do like that Dolly Parton one. That's that's one, yeah, that, that could happen. We'll see. I just also read that Katy Perry, I think, was the number one most watched Super Bowl performance, too. And that surprised me. So, Oh, for the halftime? During that yeah. block, I guess? Interesting. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this past Super Bowl was the most watched like of all telecasts. But Correct. it was a great halftime yep. show, too. Usher, yeah, represent Atlanta, my hometown. So <laughs> love oh, that. I love it. Yeah. So moving along to air travel and the news over there, the Senate passed the FAA reauthorization with requirements to improve safety, technology, and flying experience. And right after that happened, ASTA came out, and they're pushing for modifications on the final bill, saying, quote, We think the bill could be strengthened in ways that recognize the value of travel advisors and their role in protecting consumers through the addition of several provisions from the House version of the bill and other modest changes. Um, They said last week in a statement, ASTA has been pushing for several modifications, including clarity on travel agency refund obligations, removing travel agencies from the refund portal requirement, and adding a travel agency seat to the DOT's Aviation Consumer Protection Advisory Committee. So, Alicia, your thoughts on this uh, reauthorization bill and ASTA's moves? Well, I think we can all agree that safety should be a top priority for everyone, so I'm glad that one of the focuses on the bill is the building of staffing, because obviously understaffing and overwhelming stuff that is currently there is always going to be a dangerous combination. I do have to say that I always commend ASTA on them stepping forward always in this industry to represent uh, the travel advisors in the community. They represent us well, and they definitely are able to understand how this bill is helping us, but how it can help in even better ways. Uh, The refund process, as many can imagine, is never a fun process for anybody. Uh, So to be able to protect travel advisors throughout this process is really important. And then I do want to say that all of these fees that are provided by the airlines that ASTA wants to go after to be more transparent, it is obsessive at some point where it's or excessive at some point. And to not be able to show the public and be transparent about those fees is a little obscene in my opinion. Um, So I do appreciate that the ASTA members are going after that portion of this bill as well. 
Um, so yeah, I just want to say I agree with Esta, and I'm I'm very impressed with the representatives that have been there to represent travel advisors within the community and appreciate what they're doing. I agree as well. I think this is a, a good initiative from Asta, and they're staying on top of things. And yes, the reauthorization bill, safety being the high priority there. It's got we got to get more air traffic controllers out there. The, these incidents of you know near misses on runways and skies, like we don't can't have that. Don't want anything tragic to happen there. So. It's good that this is being passed and certainly good that Asta is pushing forward on this. Uh, you know, despite the recent Boeing Max um, incidents too, there's a new study that came out from the Associated Press and they uh, said that um, a lot of consumers that they surveyed on that, that uh, overwhelmingly, it was like 71% believe that air travel is still safe or they have no issues with air travel at all. So it was a very small percentage that think air travel is not safe. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, and we still need more people working, we need more staff, we need more pilots. And we need us to continue to fight for the travel agents out there or travel advisors. Absolutely. One incident is one too many. So it's good to stay on top of these things and be proactive. Absolutely. That wraps up what has been trending in travel the last week, though. A little bit of it, at least. So podcast at travelpulse.com. You can email. Let me know your any additional thoughts you had on what we discussed here or any news that you've been seeing out there you want to bring up. Always glad to hear from you as well. So now we're going to jump over to our theme of the week around romance travel. Windstar Cruises, who's been sailing in Tahiti for over 35 years, is your go-to choice for client adventures in Tahiti. They offer 7 to 21 day private yacht style cruises round trip from Papeete aboard Star Breeze, welcoming only 312 guests with an all-suite accommodation starting at 277 square feet. Clients can choose convenient cruise plus air plus hotel packages, pre or post cruise stays in overwater bungalows, foodie cruise tours, and so much more. Reservations are open through May 2026. Contact Windstar today at 844-625-0198 or visit windstarcruises.com. So, Alyssa, what is trending in romance travel? What are you seeing out there? More frequently during my initial phone calls with couples, I'm realizing that the trend of beach all-inclusive weddings is starting to decrease. A lot of couples are wanting to focus on more unique inspired venues. So for example, we have a lot of requests for sky terraces. Uh, we're noticing that brides don't want to have their feet in the sand any longer. So we'll be looking at gazebos that maybe have an overlook, but privacy and the uniqueness of venues is very important to couples. And then I'm also seeing a trend where they don't necessarily require an all-inclusive. So we're having a lot of requests for European destination weddings. We're seeing that they're more focused on the travel expenses for their guests as opposed to the wedding budget. Uh, and then I'm also seeing, seeing an increase in religious ceremonies. So we are receiving a lot of Catholic destination wedding requests. What's great is there are more chapels in destination for them to utilize. Uh, so it's great to work with those resorts and always appreciate the resource that keep that in the forefront of their mind when they're building or renovating amongst the property. Uh, so, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of trends to be more unique um, and private. Yeah, privacy, a big one for sure, especially on the, the romance side. You want to make sure that, you know, your vacations aren't you know, are unbothered by others. So, you know, you focus on those adults only. Uh, interesting on the, you know, stepping away from from the beach, you know, side of things. It just feels like that's just so synonymous with, you know, romance, you, you think of, uh, and really in summer too, it, coming up is always big. So, you know, beach getaway, summer getaway type of thing. So very, very interesting. And 
No surprise. Yeah, the, the unique side of things. It just seems like that has been a real strong post-pandemic shift here of a really, you know, unique experiences, chasing, you know, experiences, elevating your travel, you know, to be different or unique or, you know, something that can stand out on your social media as well. So you can give all your friends yeah. and family FOMO and all that good stuff, right? Yes, aesthetics is a big thing. Um, so when they're taking the full picture, they don't want to have those public swimmers that are in their speedos and their the back of their photos anymore. Um, and then I think the other thing is is too is nobody wants cookie cutter anymore. So they don't want to portray themselves as a couple that did what everybody else did. Uh, yeah, very true. Very true. Everyone else. So what do you see about um, that's impacting travelers' choices and decision makings right now? A lot of couples, like I said, are focused on the cost of travel for their guests more so. In the past, I would have most couples come to me with a wedding budget and then focusing on that as an expense. But a lot of couples are more aware of the spend of their guests. So I would say that has been a common factor. And unfortunately, with rates being high and availability being low, they're having to jump on their preferences a lot quicker. So prior to COVID, I would say that most of my couples would be looking at dates maybe a year away at this point we've had to have some couples even push back a couple of years in order to obtain the venue or the the resort that they're looking for uh, so i would say that rates and availability are probably the biggest things that are affecting their decisions right now yeah, you've got to book early if you're interested in any sort of travel in 2024 here and even 2025 doesn't hurt to you know get the brain moving on uh, thinking about where you want to go and looking at deals and um, especially depending on the type of trip you want to take for sure. What about destinations, Alyssa? What are you seeing that's hot on the destinations for romance specifically, both uh, U.S. here and internationally? Definitely a big increase in Europe. Italy and Greece are always two big ones that we're hearing at bridal expos over the phone when we're chatting just with our friends and family. So a lot of focus on that. Uh, Spain and Portugal has been big as well. Hawaii travel is starting to pick back up. I have some couples in Hawaii right now that are exploring Maui, and I'm excited to see that island kind of get up and running more so since the fires. We still have all-inclusive. I think that will always be some trending destinations. We have a lot more who are interested in, like I said, unique destinations. So instead of doing maybe Mexico, Dominican, or Jamaica, we're seeing more interest in St. Lucia or Curacao. Uh, so we we still always have those that are interested in the all-inclusives, uh, but some are wanting to do a little bit more independent backpacking road trips throughout these other European countries, or we've also received some requests for African safaris. We've had uh, for Fiji, Bora Bora, Australia, New Zealand, everyone is kind of touching new places. It's nice to see everybody get outside of their comfort zone yeah. and be interested in these further away destinations as well. Yeah, I love that. That's great for the travel industry at large, for sure. And good, you know, good for you and planning out uh, some of these more extravagant trips too, instead of the, I don't want to say the same old, same old, but it's nice to see people yeah. branching out. And it's good to see two people, especially in the Caribbean, because you're, you you know, a lot of people, you know, all-inclusive is synonymous with the Caribbean and everything, but, you know, branching out, maybe hitting some of those under the radar destinations and uh, islands that you don't, think of right away when you think of the Caribbean. Obviously, as we discussed earlier in the show, Jamaica comes to the top of mind for a lot of people for the Caribbean, as does, you know, 
the Mexican Caribbean side as well. Uh, people, you know, the Bahamas is technically not in the Caribbean, but it's, you know, looped in, uh, in, in the travel search of, of things. But yeah, it's nice to see people jumping out in some of those other ones and, um, Antigua as well as another great destination Angola as well. So love that for the travel Beautiful. industry. Yeah. I think with social media too, what's happening is people are starting to learn about experiences in this de- these destinations. So in order to experience these unique excursions or sites, you have to go elsewhere for them. So it's opening the world to more people. So that's one thing I do have to say about social media. That's helping get people out there to different areas now. Great insight as well. Yes, social media and the power of the photo really. And as I said earlier, the, the FOMO aspect of it, a lot of people have that for sure. As we wrap up here on the podcast, uh, Alyssa, let's let's get to the advice time. What would be your advice you have for travel advisors selling more romance travel? I would say that for those who are focusing on romance, you want to know your audience more, know where to find them for that demographic. For those who are getting engaged, uh, married, they're more so going to be reaching into that Gen Z age group now and where you're going to find them is mostly social media. So it's really important to focus on who your demographic is and where you can find them as to where you can market to them. Uh, I do also think that it's important to stay up on current trends so you can use your resources to educate yourself. It's always important that you keep on learning in this niche and, you know, have fun with it. Everybody likes to make sure that the planning process for a wedding or a honeymoon is fun for the couple. They already have a lot of stressors when they're planning a wedding. So you just want to make sure that you have fun with it, that you enjoy what you're doing. You have a passion towards it. So just make sure that you not only educate yourself on the trends that are going on in the industry, but that you stay on top of uh, the demographic and what is wowing them in the moment. Yes. Education is key. Knowledge, there is power in it. So you want to be where these youngins are, so to speak. And not a lot of them, I guess, go to the bridal shows. I mean, how has that changed over the last few years, and especially post-pandemic for you on that? Because I think that's a that's a big, you know, launching point for landing a lot of new customers. But, you know, social media can be as well, right? Yeah, so uh, we, we decide to do a couple wedding shows a year. Uh, it's, we make sure to qualify the expos that we're doing because um, some have more quantity over quality. So we make sure to work with ones that have more quality over quantity. Um, I do say that I I do see that more young couples are still appreciating the shows. Uh, In the past, you would see a lot of brides with their entourages. But as of the last couple of years, I'm seeing a lot of couples going to attend. The last one that we went to in January, it was a two-dayer up in Madison, Wisconsin. And we had a really great turnout, even though that the weather was not so hot. It was during (laughs) our winter storm, of course. Uh, But we still had some great turnout. They reached out to us very quickly um, and are interested in planning. And I'm seeing them plan out far in advance, which is great for them. Um, but I think with our industry, they don't go into these expos expecting to talk to anybody about a honeymoon or destination wedding. So you just have to be willing to get yourself out there and approach them. So that would be my advice for those expos. Great insight there. So as we wrap up, last one here, we're going to get a little personal. Sure. Alyssa, when did you fall in love with travel and what are your travel loves out there? Sure. I can't recall originally when I fell in love because it was at a very young age. 
I traveled frequently with my parents and a lot of it was surrounding music. So I would attend a lot of concerts or festivals with my family uh, to follow around the bands that I loved. And throughout that time frame, even though my love at that time was towards the music, I realized how much fun I had in the experience in general of the travel. I love the planning. I'm detail oriented. I liked to go see the sights and sounds of the locals. And I think what happened is when I first turned 18, I decided to take a a trip independently to Hawaii and I learned a lot about myself. So I've noticed that with travel, my favorite parts of it are the things I don't expect and don't plan for. So for example, when I was in Peru, we decided to go have a meal with locals and we noticed that they had a pottery shop and they saw how interested our group was in their pottery shop and they invited us to make a piece with them. So that was nothing that was ever planned or expected and it's one of my favorite memories. So I think my favorite thing about travel is anything that I don't know I'm going to experience. So Similar to the couples that we were talking about earlier, wanting unique experiences, I think that's really what I fell in love with as well. And I just don't know what those experiences are are going to be. So the unknown makes me really excited, I guess. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that. And you get that with being, you know, solo traveling at times. So interesting that pulled out. For for me, I I fell in love, I guess, a little bit with travel, you know, doing family road trips every summer down to uh, Orlando. My parents had a timeshare. That was what they, they did on the travel. We would at theme parks on uh, some days we would go you know either drive to the gulf side or drive to the atlantic side and do a beach day uh, mostly for my sisters because <laughs> i'm not I, at least as a child i was not much of a beach fan uh but really it sparked in when i went on my honeymoon i did not have my passport until uh, i got engaged and my wife said we're leaving the country and you're getting a passport and i was like okay well, for her. <laughs> so we went to yeah she went to greece we went to greece she picked out greece i wanted to do hawaii or the caribbean or something and she said no we're going to greece you're getting a passport and i said Yes, ma'am. And we're and, and I have been bitten by the travel bug ever since. I'm more on the on the global scale, I guess, on that side. So I definitely owe it all to her on that. But really, I mean, my first plane ride was was a solo trip. So you find a lot about with solo. My uh, I was 15, first time I ever got on a plane. I flew up to visit my cousin in Michigan, and we had a lot of fun. But that was and I flew home by myself too, and it was uh, quite an experience. And I just remember kind of falling in love with planes a little bit. And um, yeah, I travel solo for work from time to time and always interesting to see you know how that goes in the solo travel experiences i guess i can't really say i've done a full solo travel by myself but um if anyone else loves that out there i guess you know that's one you know small side of romance travel is loving yourself you know a romantic trip getaway for just one if you will (laughs) absolutely there uh i think you learn a lot about yourself because for those of you who doubt whether you could do solo travel or not, you learn that when you're put in the position to be required to make those decisions, you can make them. You just didn't realize until you were put in that position. So getting out of your comfort zone is really, really important. You learn a lot about yourself and the people that you're with, too. So that's another thing I love about travel is you can go to the same destination multiple times. But if you're going with different people, uh, it's a completely different experience. Great insights on that and wonderful insights all on romance travel. And it was great talking travel with you, Alyssa. Anything you want to plug, uh, fire away here. 
<laughs> sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Alyssa.LoveInAway. LoveInAway also has an account at LoveInAway. And you can find us on Facebook where we have um, deals that we put up. We are launching our new website probably in May of this time. So I'm excited to get that ball rolling. So yeah, any any questions or follow-ups, I'd be happy to come on board again. I appreciate you having me, Eric. Absolutely. Thanks so much for talking travel, Alyssa. I really appreciate it. Anytime. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Stay tuned for next week. We'll be back again following President's Day and uh, my birthday weekend. So very much looking forward to some off time and a little bit of a staycation here around Atlanta area. So excited for that. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.